Hey, everyone, and welcome to the State of the Art Podcast with me, your host, Ethan Appleby. I'm very excited to bring you along as I dive into conversations with amazing people who are at the intersection of art and technology. Each week, you'll hear a different angle about how tech is bringing radical change in the way all of us interact with art. We have on artists to first-time collectors, as well as CEOs from some of the top digital art companies. We'll also look at the effects social media sites and crowdsourcing platforms are having on the art world and explore how other creative industries, such as music and fashion, were democratized using technology. Before we get started, I want to tell all the artists listening about Bango. If you're like many of the artists I know, you spend more time managing your career than you do creating art. Bango helps you with this. To learn more, go to bangoart.co slash podcast. That's B-A-N-G-O dot co slash podcast. And if you're looking for original art, Bango is an amazing place to find art from some of the best emerging artists. Now, in this episode, I'm excited to welcome the CEO of Daylighted, Elizabeth Mucci. Daylight turns TVs in your offices or hotels into beautiful art displays. In fact, I just saw one last night at my Starwood Hotel in 4K. I'm slightly embarrassed to admit that I only realized it was a TV after I went up and touched it, thinking it was a real artwork. Today, I talked to Elizabeth about how tech can transform the way we interact with art, why digital art is the future, and why galleries need to focus on creating experiences in order to survive. So please, allow me to welcome today's guest, Elizabeth Mucci. Hey, Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So for those of us who don't know, what is Daylighted? So Daylighted is actually, um, we call it the Spotify for art. Um, so on one side, we have a portfolio of 20,000 artworks. With, we represent more than 1,000 artists that you can choose from to display on a new technology that we call the Smart Gallery. And that connects any screen to our portfolio. And so you have a Spotify-like interface where you can actually choose the channel of art that you want to display, or you can create your own. And then you can see like art rotating on your wall like all the time. I love it. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. So one thing I find really interesting is that your background, you come from corporate finance, strategy, fashion, I mean, but a primarily a corporate background. How, what was the inspiration and journey for starting Daylighted? Yes, so actually the frustration um, before the lighted was a frustration with the, with the art world. Uh, I'm sure you felt that before. Um, basically, it came from my co-founder, Alex Camarano, who was browsing, browsing artists on Instagram and was like discovering like so many great artists on there. And so I was like, wow, there's so many great artists. Like, and even around, discover on Instagram so artists that were like just the next block, you know, like just super close to him. And it was like, how come that nobody show it to me? And it's true that if you don't make the effort to go to the galleries or to go to the museum, it's hard to discover art. And even if you go to galleries, you know, like the experience might not be perfect, might not be great, especially for millennials. Some people say it's a bit cold or it's like they don't have the code to understand the piece of art. And so we thought that we needed to do something about it. And when we look to other industries like music, book, movies, we all know like Spotify, Pandora, Netflix, the ebooks. And so they use the power of the digital to actually uh, change the culture and bring, in, bring it to everybody and bring it everywhere. And so, so there is something there. We need to bring art everywhere. And, to, and that's why we created Delighted. 
So you went primarily down a, a software route, like you said, Spotify versus others mm-hmm. have tried to create, I guess, to use that analogy, the you know, the iPod and the iTunes doing hardware and software. What what made you choose to go and just do the, the sort of software piece? Uh, so the reason we did that is because we could say that the hardware is already here. Uh, we all have TVs in our living room, uh, but we are targeting mostly like businesses, hotel, restaurant, and those, they all have like very high resolution screens in their bars, in the lounge, in all the public spaces. And so the, the hardware is already there. Um, and so it was easy to think about like, we're really missing the software part to, to, to really curate the collection and to help them curate an, an art ambience for their space. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's great. I'm curious, I mean, how, how do people react to seeing the art digitally? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting, actually. So we do a lot of events to show our smart gallery to the people. Uh, and we are in public spaces, so we see people in front of them all the time. And what's very interesting is that people love every piece of art that they see. It's funny because like when you're in a gallery, people love some pieces and some people don't like other pieces. But when we show our, our screens, like everybody like say, oh, it's everything is it's fabulous. And I think the main reason is because people are not like people who don't go to gallery are not used to see art in their everyday life. And so everything seems fabulous. And uh, and so that was one of our surprise. Another one of our surprise was people love to vote. They love to, because we are our solution. So you have the part on the screen and then you have a tablet that come with it in the public space, like an app for discovery that could be on the phone as well. And then on the app, you can actually um, learn more about the artist, learn more about the piece. Uh, you can change from one piece to another on the screen so you can view more and you can vote for the pieces. And people love to vote to say, oh, I love this one. Oh, this one, I like it. Oh, but not much. <laughs> the first one, you know. And so people love to give, like, to engage with the pieces. And they love to give their point of view. And that's how actually they create, you know, like their taste in the art. Um, and actually another thing that surprised me now when I think about it, uh, is that I installed a, a smart gallery at a collector house. And this collector is used to collect like gallery type of art. So more like academic, let's say. And when he was scrolling through the, um, through the portfolio that we have, uh, he was discovering all the pieces and he was like, yeah, that I like, that maybe I like less. And after some some time, he was like, but you know what? Now I can have them all. So why not like choosing to see something less less serious, but still fun to look at and maybe look at it for five minutes? You know, I can do that. I don't have to invest in a piece and have it all the time on the wall. So I think that was very interesting. Yeah, and you're not limited by the wall space, you know, be it at, from a gallery or the collector side. And, and, and the the engagement part, I think, is, is important. You talk about like voting is a very simple way for someone to interact with a piece of art. Whereas most of the time people might be, you know, almost intimidated to interact with it or ask about it or share their thoughts on it. So this is like a very easy first step. Yes, exactly. And people love it. It's just like they love to build their test like this and to give their point of view. But even something that, you know, like it's not about giving like an official critique about the art. It's more about, oh, I like it, you know, just a like. Yeah. So a lot of thumbs up. People like it. I've seen them there. They are amazing in person. But you know, some might say that looking at art digitally takes away from the experience of interacting with a material piece of art. Uh, you know, the textures, the brush strokes, the colors in real life. I mean, how do you think about this, and and how do you think that digital displays of art play a role in the 
the experience of art, the overall experience? Yes. So I think that technology can really help art uh, get democratized and help people uh, discover, so get art more accessible. And so for me, there is two things, actually, in in all different um, art categories. Uh, There is a teaser and there is a real experience. So if you look again at music, for example, you will have uh, the teaser part, uh, which would be Spotify or Pandora. You will like discover artists, listen to a lot of artists, and some you won't like, and maybe some you will really, really like. And then when you want to get the real experience of uh, music, you go to a concert, uh, you go to listen to live music in a bar, or maybe you also like uh, buy vinyl or buy a CD, you know, because you want to collect the art. And I think it's the same for visual art. Uh, if you want a tangible experience of art, you'll go to a gallery or you'll go to a museum, or maybe you'll buy the real piece of art. But it doesn't uh, remove anything from having a teaser on your wall and discovering tons of artists that you may like, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I love that analogy because, you know, we had talked before the show and you had said that, you know, early on uh, when the radio launched, you know, the, the people in the music industry were very scared that, oh, no one's ever going to go to a concert. But that didn't happen. In fact, if anything, it increased the number of people who went to concerts. And so same here where, you know, you do see sometimes resistance from the institutions, the galleries about kind of a digital or an online space. But I think often what they're really missing is the more people that browse via Instagram or online galleries or marketplaces, you know, the more likely and the more audience that they'll have down the road that will then not be intimidated and want to go. Definitely. And uh, with Delighted, we also work with galleries and museums. And so it's not, it doesn't have to be or, you know, it can be and, and everybody can be part of the same ecosystem and still make the industry grow. Um, and other thing that actually we're seeing in the space is, um, I'm sure you know it, digital art is growing and we have more and more artists creating something directly digitally. And it's not easy to show, it, of course, like we have digital installation in galleries, but it's not the best. And so, and even less for collecting uh, those digital art pieces. And so we're going to have like more and more screen like this to be able to collect um, those kind of pieces on our screen at, at home and to be able to see them. Um, yeah. Because this is the direction that the industry is taking anyway. And the screen is a great way Like the screen industry is going, it's, it's going, the, the 4K screens are great. And yeah. so. I mean, and I, I want to come back to that, the screens and being in people's homes. But, you know, I mean, you work with galleries and museums. That's amazing. I mean, is there any, I mean, what opposition do you see or do you hear? I mean, you know, how, and how do you overcome that? Or what, what's the points that you make if someone says, you know, oh, I don't think it should be shown digitally? Yeah, so of course, uh, the first point that we had from the beginning is the screen quality. Uh, people are really afraid. Like when you think screen, you, you think TV, you know, which is not what you want to think about when you think about art. So when you mix art and TV together, you get like a smear comfortable, right? Like, uh, what is that? And so we, we have, we have to use like, that's why also we, we working with, um, high end hotels and high end restaurants because, uh, we started first, especially four years ago with places we already have had nice screens, uh, very, with very high quality. So we can make sure that the art is represented very well. Now that the focus screen are more democratized and are more like commercialized everywhere. It's way easier and almost everybody has, have it even at home, you know? 
so, so you see that as a major barrier that's been broken down. Is yeah, the, the quality and the resolution for the art. Yes, and apart from that, like you know, like everybody is is bringing their art online on their own website for artists or even for the galleries. They have to have a profile, like a gallery website, and then a profile on Arty or on dif- different websites. And so it, they already they already break those they already broken this barrier, you know, of having art. In, as a, in a digital, digital form. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, the, the quality, it's, it's almost better on TV. You know, it looks so real. And I remember when we launched Vanguard, I mean, we started with the iPad because of the retina display. And that was a big thing. It was, you know, we, you want it to be very clear. Mm-hmm. And so then the retina went to desktop and is more common. But I think you're right. Like that's, that is a major technological advancement that makes uh, engaging with art online and digitally. Yeah, and some artists easier. are really surprised because when you look at the at a print of a photo, for example, a photograph, uh, you look at a print and sometimes the print doesn't reflect the same thing that what you would see on the screen. And more and more photographers, for example, are working on a screen first, are working on a digital image. And what they worked on is actually the screen is closer than what they work on first, you know, than the print. Because the print is just a restitution of what they've seen through their screen. And so some, some artists love what they see on the screen. It's, it's a new way to appreciate the art. So that's really, that's really changing the way artists are using technology. So you mentioned museums, you mentioned homes, and, and you also talked about hotels and restaurants. And looking at you know, your Twitter, it seems like you do talk a lot about hotels. Um, you've had a lot of success with hotels. I mean, why do you think that is? And, and how long until you see it happening more in people's homes? First, about the, um, the industry of hotels and its hospitality in general. There is a real need to adapt their experience for the millennials. Uh, I know we talk a lot about the millennial experience, for example. And so that's something that they are super concerned about. And they want to create an experience that's technological, that's artistic, that represents the local culture of the city they're in. And it's the same for bars and clubs and everybody in this space and even some offices, you know. Um, and even like doctors, lawyers, they all want like this kind of experience in their space. And so it's very important for them to represent that with art because art is a very important piece of the design, interior design. And and so, but why now? I mean, so are you saying that millennials are almost driving the adoption of art uh, into public spaces because of their because they want to experience and design as something that they are that's highly regarded or highly prioritized by them? I think millennials are driving uh, the experiences in those spaces. You know, like you have more and more uh, technology. Like if you go to an hotel now, you can open your door with your phone. You can order like something from the concierge, from the restaurant, from an app. Or from an iPod, an iPad that's on the on the um, on the desk, uh, and so there are more and more technology in all those spaces, and they also want to give something else through technology. You know, it's not technology it's just for technology, and so I think the you know, it's like driving yes this kind of trends of like trying to show the local culture to show all of that through the technology. Does it make sense? Yeah, it's and it's it's fascinating because I mean you've seen now hotels you know in part because of the the growth of Airbnb and almost that's like people, it's the experience of feeling like you're at home that, you know, Virgin actually launched a hotel in Chicago that is designed more like uh, Airbnb or like a hotel, uh, I'm sorry, not hotel rooms. It's designed more like apartments, not like hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, definitely. And you can see that the technology can bring something like make you feel home. 
like an hotel will know your first name. And when you arrive in the room, you have on the screen like, hi, Hetan. And if you gave uh, before the reservation or during the reservation, you gave like your taste in art, we will be able to put like the art that you like in your room, for example. And so we can really create. Oh, that'll a, be fun. That'll be fun, right? That'll be a lot of fun. Like your yeah. favorite artwork. That would be cool, right? Yeah. And so that's something we're working on. It's definitely, we want to adapt, adapt the art to whoever is in the space. And so, I mean, building off of that, I, you know, I completely understand why hotels want it. Now, I mean, looking forward to, you talked about offices, but what about, what about people's homes? I mean, what's that barrier and how do you get more into people's homes? Yes. Yeah, so we want to go to people's homes at some point. Uh, but we think the market is not ready yet. Uh, it's a bit early. I talked before about the screen technology. Um, if you look at two years back, it was, it was kind of expensive. It's still a little bit expensive. Um, so that's also one barrier that, um, restrains the market. And then again, like there is a real need for evangelization for the people to understand what is a product, to see it. Actually, when people see it, they really love the product. They love the experience. They love the fact that they are able to choose the art and they want it, like they directly want it, but they need to see it first. If you just see an advertising on a website, it's not the same. You have to experience it. It's art. It's art. So art has any cultural experience. You need to, you need to see it. You need to feel it. And, and it's the same with art technology. So, and on that, if I, if I do look on your website and everywhere it says art should be everywhere and you put that everywhere. I mean, what, what does that mean to you? And, and how does, it play into daylighted strategy. Yes, so it plays, of course, because we are everywhere in uh, in people's daily life. So not only at home, not yet, but um, in their office, in hotels, in their co-working space, at their doctors, and we show art to them like through all the way, you know. And the, and the the idea behind is really to make art more accessible and make art accessible to achieve three main things, like. Of course, like many people discover art, um, make like, make art some part of our daily life, but also like give exposure to fantastic artists that we cannot discover otherwise. And so everything that's behind Delighted is like showing those artists. We have so many like great artists that are working with us and we really want to, to show them to everybody. And so having like all those, those connected screen to our technology, like everywhere, it's very important. So I want to come back to the artists that are on Daylighted, but talking about this idea of art being everywhere, you know, I, I love your approach with that because I think, you know, as you had mentioned with Instagram, it's people's, um, you know, almost passive, I say passive discovery or exposure that they get in their Instagram feed because their friend liked an art piece and now all of a sudden they see art in their feed and, and they're like, oh, that's interesting. And, and they follow that artist and they engage with it. Similar to how you approach it where, you know, you're turning public spaces or public TVs um, you know, into artwork. And it allows people to, like you said, every day, I mean, pass by, you know, bus stops now, there's even TVs. It's like, those could be art pieces. And and slowly we just start engaging with it, looking at it, thinking about it. And that, you know, I think that's what leads to it being part of an everyday uh, discussion. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is like, you don't have to go to the galleries and to museum only to discover art, you know? Like it doesn't have to be reserved just for the space. It can be it can be everywhere as well, you know. Like it can be, as you say, in a bus. And people love to see art in their daily life. Like they've there've been a lot of campaigns by many different associations around the world that instead of putting advertising, for example, on a bus stop uh, or on a billboard, 
they replace it with physical printed artwork. And people used to love it, you know, and it makes them discover like it was masterpieces. And so it makes them like see masterpieces that they may have seen maybe once in their life at school, but it makes them discover it like in their daily life. And it's fun, you know, and people love it. And this is kind of something that we want to do, you know. Now, for all of you artists listening who want to be able to market yourselves like you are the most famous artist, Vango can help. Vango makes the entrepreneurial side of being an artist easy, saving you hours each week from the marketing and admin tasks so that you can focus on creating. In a way, Vango is like your virtual assistant or manager, and their killer feature is the ability to manage all of your online portfolios and storefronts in one place. They also create a website for you, show you who your collectors are, provide insights into what is selling, and they'll even help with your taxes. So if you're an artist who wants to spend time doing what you love, go to vangoart.co slash podcast to learn more. That's V-A-N-G-O-A-R-T dot co slash podcast. And now back to the episode. So talk to me about the artists. Who are the artists on, on Daylighted? Are they living artists, contemporary? Are they the masters? I mean, who do you get exposed to if you see a Daylighted display? So we have, we have very different type of artists. We work from anywhere from an emerging artist to galleries and museum. So we'll work uh, a lot with the local art community, um, because we work with business clients. We want to offer them like a local taste of the local art communities. And so we go and, and try to find like the best artists around or the ones that are underrepresented. Uh, we try to find the local galleries that could be interesting to show in this restaurant or this club. And then we work with them. Uh, we also work with a larger partner like Mango, like 500pixel.com, many different other partners. And, I mean, you mentioned local. I mean, how important is, is local to your clients and to, do you think, you know, people who are, are seeing your displays? I think it's very important, like uh, you said before, with Airbnb now, people are requiring this local experience uh, wherever they go. Uh, they want to have like a local olive oil. They want to have local soap in an hotel. And so it's the same for art. People like are requesting local art, like a taste of the local art. Like how the art, and, and the art in, in Paris, for example, would be different from the art in New York and from the art in San Francisco or from LA. It's a very different style. And so when you travel, you want to see this style wherever you stay. You know, when we started, I was always saying like, if you picture art in an hotel, usually you picture something very bad, you know, like in your hotel room, you picture like a painting of a flowers on your wall. Yeah. Or the overhead city shot of, you know, <laughs> Paris or New York. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad, you know, like, because they have to buy like all those in like in, in masses and it's, it's really bad. And, um, and so bringing some technology in there to show like some local culture, some unique artists. I think that's interesting for the people and from the, for the business. Yeah. I, it's, it's a big push by Starbucks as well. I don't know if you've talked to them, but they're really trying to make all of their stores feel very localized. Whereas before they were trying to make them feel all the same. Yeah. It's a very new trend, actually. Like if you look at the hotel chain, for example, like Marriott used to standardize all their hotel as well. And it's normal, you know, it comes from the fact that. Before, we didn't use to have internet. And so they were not reviews of hotels, you know, like you had to trust a brand to know like what kind of services you will find there. And so you will trust Marriott for the kind of um, services they will provide. 
But now that you have internet and you have all those reviews, you go to a Marriott and you're like, yeah, it's the same in New York and in San Francisco. It's so boring. Whereas you can find like a little independent boutique hotel who will provide like so many local services and work with the local community, not only the art. And so now they all want to do that, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great trend and it's great for, for artists everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you talked about working with museums and galleries. I mean, how do you see the future of galleries and their role in the overall ecosystem? I think there will be, um, there will be always a place for the galleries in the ecosystem. Uh, they're definitely showing something different. Uh, they are first, they're curating a show and it's always interesting to see like a curated show because they try to educate you through a certain angle. And that is angle that's very interesting when you go there and you discover that it's a real experience. And I think like gallery will more and more work of, of course, with some tech. With some in partnership, maybe with some digital also services, but they also they will also try to focus on this experience of the art, um, and so I think they will stay there. But of course, there will be like a kind of a market share, uh, biggest market share between like online art galleries and physical art galleries. Um, but I think those which stay there are important. Really? So I mean, that's interesting. Are you saying that you think that the pie isn't getting any bigger and it's just simply some of it's going to be taken away from galleries? The art world is a complicated world, right? Like, um, you, you have the role of galleries can be a little bit different from a role of an online galleries, right? It's different, um, kind of art. Some do like more academic, some will do more decorative, you know, and different audience go to different places. Um, and so I think there is still space for, uh, physical art, for physical art experience. Even if those use like some tech and are like digital installation, I think there's still, yes, there's still be a place for people to experience the art and to experience those kind of. Yeah. But so, so on that, I mean, if they are different audiences, why do you, why do you think then there will be market share taken away from, from the galleries versus like it growing or a new market, you know, the market growing? I think the market actually is going to grow. Um, because there are so many people I can see, like in my, in my work, in, when I work, so many people that don't know anything about art. And if they knew about it, they will buy something, you know, and they will collect some artists or they will be more involved into it. And so now art might be very expensive, might be very elitist for some people. And so a lot of people are not into the ecosystem. And so if we bring all that mass, in the art world, I'm, I'm sure we can grow this market. I think it's really important that the galleries look at online as a really good complement to them because I believe that in order for them to succeed, online needs to succeed. Or, you know, actually, let me take that back. I think they can succeed to some level, but it's only going to grow if online grows because I believe more and more, you know, we talked about online and digital is going to be people's first experience into being exposed to art. And so what you want them to do is then get exposed to it and then get excited about it and they want to be educated about it. And the more people buy and the more they think about art, the less intimidated they will be and the more likely they'll go into galleries. And I, I do feel like sometimes it's this adversarial relationship, you know, with galleries and not sure what online means or that online is taking away market share. And actually, I think it might be taking away a little bit of market share in the short term. But really, I think that in the medium to long term, it's actually the only way that galleries can thrive and even continue to Yeah, exist. I think like it's it's obvious. Like if more people are interested in art, like there will be more clients and at the end like everybody will be happier, right? 
Um, also, I think something that can uh, help galleries would be to kind of rethink their experience as a deliverer. I know we talked about it before, but um, as I said, like the, maybe not bring some digital, but really focus on the experience. And it's like at this panel that we went to, like uh, millennials expect to have like a local taste, of course, which is obvious with galleries, but I have like a experience that's curated for them. And so you cannot just show art on the wall, like imagining that it's going to be enough. You have to create, you have to use an angle, as I said before. You have to select artists through a certain, like, with a point of view. You have to create a physical and, like, enjoyable experience. Even, like, I would say, Instagrammable experience. So people can actually um, publish about it, can talk about it, can publish on Instagram, can publish on Facebook, Twitter, etc. It's the case, for example, we're seeing today, like, the color factory. You know about this? Uh, the ice cream museum also is a good example. People love to go to this place. It's been sold out in like two days. And you cannot go there because everybody wants to go there because there are so many photos of it on Instagram, right? And so galleries and museums need to use the code of the young generation to actually renew themselves and try to use their code to create something of value for them. It sounds like it's, it's almost like the you know online... Uh, is going to hold galleries almost more accountable or to like try a little bit harder to create these experiences, you know, which is good for everybody. Yeah, it's exactly like Airbnb. When we, when we look at the hospitality industry that I know a little bit, uh, Airbnb didn't take market share on the luxury, luxury sector. Uh, it doesn't take market share uh, away neither from the boutique sector, take market share away from the very cheap budget sector. When people, when you, Look at people who travel, they want to travel for cheap and they want to have a nice experience. And when you go to a budget motel, you have the travel cheap, but you don't have the experience. And so when you compare it to the same price Airbnb, you want to go to Airbnb because it's better, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, you just see, you know, retail is, is more and more about the experience. When you think about an Apple store, I mean, even, you know, fashion's a big one where people go and, you know, they'll do fittings and they'll have stylists there, but then ultimately you, you probably buy online. But you go, you still do go to the store. So I think that's a good thing for galleries. Again, thinking about online is is their friend, and and they have to complement it with a physical experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and you know I've been to a number of your events, and they're great. And one thing that I I did notice is how you do create these experiences. You know, be it the locations that you pick aren't generally traditional galleries. Um, you know, there's music involved, and so it is a it is it is much more experience. I think that's something that you've done really well. Yeah, I think people like to enjoy art during their party, for example. You don't have to go to a gallery and for it to be like boring and white and people who don't talk to each other or would talk like very secretly. You can have fun and, and enjoy art at the same time, you know? And so that's why we've been trying to do as well. Um, yeah. the and, and the part that people like, uh, again, from apart from voting and, and things like that, is to learn more about the artist and learn more about the piece. Um, when you go to a gallery, as I said, like you don't dare talking with a gallery owner because you're not part of their world and you're afraid that they're going to choose yourself. And, um, and so just like being able to go on the tablet, don't talk to anyone, you know, <laughs> you just have to go on the tablet and, and just scroll through the story of the artist. Some people discover artists like this. Yeah. And I mean, they have video, you know, Facebook lives where you can see into their studio. And so that is something that, you, you know, again, online 
provides that that often you know offline galleries don't provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, thinking about like your events and and where people are getting exposed to art and and it's you know in more part of their everyday life. You, you know, you talked about even about like Instagram where people then see an artist they like on Instagram. How do you think or how do you see consumers um, who interact with daylighted displays then perhaps think about buying art? I think like something that's um, very important in the way people can enjoy and buy art on Delighted is uh, because they see a lot of it. And so it helps them like create and build their taste in art. And then it makes them actually make a better choice. Uh, if I take again the experience of the galleries, uh, I'm not very nice with galleries today. Uh, if you go to a gallery, you'll see maybe one piece of the same artist. You don't know what they have in their storage, you know, like you will see just one piece on the wall and you're like, yeah, that's nice. I really like it. But you don't see the rest of it, right? Um, when you go to an online marketplace like Delighted, even if we like show like a physical representation on the screen, uh, you have all this flow of images that you can see. And I think when we talk about art, we talk about something that people need to fall in love with when they buy, right? You know that more than they do. And so, um, when you need to fall in love for a piece, you need to see a lot of them. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, staying at a hotel where there is, uh, you know, daylighted, uh, has a presence and, you know, going in and out every day, seeing a new art piece, seeing the art piece maybe I saw when I first came a second time. And then, you know, over the course of even just a three or four day stay, getting excited and maybe like, oh, you know, I want that, you know, artist or uh, even like, hey, if they're a local artist, can I go see their studio? Yeah, definitely. And that's why it's important to have the app piece where you can actually have more information. You can notice that the studio is just nearby. And so you have like an hour to go there. It's very easy. Um, and yeah, and the nice thing also with Delight is that you go to an hotel, you stay like three, four days, you see maybe the collection of the, of the month there. And then you go next month again for another business trip. And then you see something completely different, you know, like you see a new local artist. And I think that's great that it can change, you know, and it's not the same experience over and over and over. Okay. So. You're the Spotify for art and Spotify has to do with music. When, you know, when do you think that art is as popular as music? Um, well, I, I don't think uh, we're going to see art as popular as music uh, soon, but we're getting there. The thing that we're missing today in the ecosystem is actually the hardware part for art. Uh, I think from my point of view, um, we, we don't see art everywhere today because we don't have a medium dedicated to art. If you look at music, we used to have the radio. If you look at movies, we used to use the TVs. And for art today, the TVs are finally at the right resolution to enjoy it, but it wasn't the case before. And so now we need, um, hardware manufacturers, startups, everybody to kind of set up this hardware. Um, so we can actually like push some content on it and have some art on it. Uh, the nice thing it's, it's starting now. Uh, we can see, for example, uh, Samsung will launch, uh, the frame product. And so Samsung create a TV that actually when you turn it off, uh, it show artwork on it. And so that's the first step, like in having art everywhere, right? So, and having hardware for it. So I think it's going to get there eventually, but maybe in like more like three, four, five years, maybe two years, maybe. I don't know. So, okay. So, so one, one word you've said a lot during this interview is digital, 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 digital. As we look to the future, 
I mean, how do you see the relationship between digital art and analog art? Is it 100% digital? Um, if we look at, at, at the past, like artists have been always using the last technology, whatever it was. So it used to be painting and then it used to be photography and then video for like the most recent time. And now we see like GIF, we see VR, we see AR. And so artists love to use a new technology. And of course, like there's still like a, we're still having a past and a culture of the past that, that make like paintings and, and old technology art very important and will give them value. But I think the more we go toward the future, the more like we'll see, uh, democratization of the new technology in the art world. And so of course we'll see more digital art. That, that's sure, right? Yeah. Okay. So does analog art still exist though? Are, are artists, you know, in 20 years still using paintbrushes and canvas? Yeah. Yeah. I think like there is space for everything. It's just like at some point, like you, you may have like more artists using more of, of a medium, but even today, uh, we have like so many digital medium, like even talking about photography. And we are, we still have like a lot of artists painting and, and using like brushes and pencils and many like physical mediums. So I think we'll still have some physical mediums. Maybe at some point we're going to be full digital, but I don't think it's going to happen soon. I think we're going to be very old, <laughs> uh, before that arrives, but it might be at some point, you know, like we don't know. We, we don't use paper anymore, you know, to write letters. We still, we still see papers, but it's going less and less because there is a business purpose also behind it. But, you know, yeah, but you still do have people who say, you know, I love holding a book. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's, there's place for both, but as a generation, the new generation are getting like older and older, they get used to write their letter like online only or read their books on ebook only. And maybe they'd be, they'd be used to have to create an artwork just with digital media. And so at some point, maybe it will evolve and we don't see painting anymore. But I think it will take like a generation or two still. It's not something we're going to see tomorrow. Good to know. Okay. A lot of artists are taking a, a sigh of relief out there. But also what's nice about digital is like, uh, we, we see it in, in all culture, like with digital and with the technology, it's easier for people to create artworks. You know, like the, the creation part is cheaper and easier and more accessible. And so the digital is also a good thing. It allows more people to be artists and to create art. Um, so that's a, that is a great point. I mean, right? Because you don't have to buy all the canvases and paintbrushes and paint, which for, for the audience out there doesn't know. I mean, that is, that's expensive. I mean, acrylic paints are, you know, really add up. That's why you used to have a patron. And uh, now you, you almost don't need a patron. You can just, uh, like have a computer or even your phone. I have, we have so many artists on the platform. We use just their phone to create art. You know, it's, it's getting very, very easy. Well, Elizabeth, this has been an amazing interview. I actually just went on Amazon Prime and bought myself a 4K TV. Cool. So I could plug daylighted yes, into it. Yes, um, so are, are you up for the challenge? We have a rapid fire to end, to end <laughs> the interview. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. I'm ready. Here we go. One, who's your favorite artist? Um, I would say Jeremy Close. Uh, it's not, he's not super known here as a French artist. Uh, but I just discovered it on Delighted. And so because I see so much art with Delighted, I always have a new favorite artist every week, like literally. And so that's my artist of the, of the week. Okay, so we'll have you back next week and, and ask you that again. Okay. okay, second one. Art will be as popular music in year 
2023. Okay, not, not too far away. What year will Daylighted be on Mars? Just one number? Yeah. When, when, <laughs> have, you well, talked to, have you talked to Elon yet about this? Yes, I talked to Elon. And he told me that even on the first flight to Mars, uh, they will take some art, of course, right? And they will take some artists. So art will be there directly when it's Elon... It's 2021, right? Or soon. Really? Yeah. I, I had 2030 in my mind, but maybe 20. I think they leave in 2021. They get there in 2023 because it takes two years. Okay. So 2023. 2023. Same um, that the democratization of art, you know? Beautiful. That, that is, right? When art is on Mars, it has been democratized. Okay. What companies do you think are pushing the boundaries when you think of art and tech? Uh, so very good question. I think actually I'm going to answer uh, a digital creation art company, actually. Uh, their name used to be Tilbrush. Now it's been built by Google, but they actually created a Photoshop for VR. And so you have like your two handles and then you can create actually VR artworks. And I think this is very cool because um, it shows that as as soon as you develop a new technology, artists are coming to it, you know, and are using it to create new new form of art. And it's really, really cool. I've experienced it and it's really cool. Tilt brush. Great. Tilt brush, yeah. Okay, last one. What's your favorite podcast? Yours. Huh. All right. Good answer. We'll let you end with that. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Danny. It was fun. Well, Sally, that's the end of today's episode. Be sure to check out Daylight on Instagram and Twitter at Daylighted. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it. Leaving a review is super easy and it helps listeners like you discover the podcast. Oh yeah. And don't forget to check us out at State of the Art on Twitter for behind the scenes photos, a sneak peek to next week's episode and really cool art videos you're going to want to show your friends. Thanks again to Van Gogh for sponsoring this episode and to all of you for listening. Remember, if you're an artist looking to create more or a buyer wanting to enrich your home with original art, visit vangoart.co slash podcast and save 30%.